got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here. And in today's video, we are going to be doing some technical analysis on Bitcoin and we're going to be bringing you some very bullish on-chain indicators and fundamentals having to do with outflows of Bitcoin and Ethereum moving off of exchange. That is a very bullish long-term perspective that we're going to be taking here in today's video. And yes, based on the title, we are going to be looking at the bear pennant that just broke bullish. The reason that we're looking at this and the reason that we talked about a $37,000 Bitcoin is because a lot of people are saying we're going to go to 37,000. We had planned even before we broke to the upside to come here and dispel that FUD. That is the point of that title. I want to be very clear on that. We're going to talk about why that narrative is wrong and why I think the next couple of days are going to be very bullish for Bitcoin. we got a lot to talk about in today's show. It's going to be a good one and I cannot wait to jump into it. We are joined as always by T.A. Tim who did a great job carrying the show yesterday. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I, I you know, the other thing I want to say, guys, is it actually kind of, it's kind of funny being on the show all the time and people complain about titles and stuff. Titles, I mean, the title just gets people here. If you watch the show, like that's what if we if we leave the show spelling FUD and saying yeah. guys head for the mountains because Bitcoin's over, yeah. then you guys can be like, what the heck, Jeb? Why are you guys spreading exactly. FUD? We're not spreading FUD. Like we we actually fight over and over to not spread FUD yes. and to curtail that. But it's okay, guys. Yeah, just to clarify, we're not trying it's to bring okay. FUD today. We wanted to bring in the people that were feeling FUD so that we could dispel it with the title. I probably could have done a better job with the title. Hands up, I agree. We are also joined, as always, by Smay. How you doing, Smay? Oh, oh. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Muted Smay. There you go, Muted Smay. Yeah. Is your microphone working? You always yes. have that problem with your mic. No, I, I, I just, I like to keep myself muted. Awesome, cool. Well, guys, we got a lot to jump into. We're gonna jump straight onto the Bitcoin technical analysis, but if you were looking forward to today's stream, drop a one in chat, drop a heart in chat because Tim did a great job yesterday and it was really cool seeing Greg come on. Drop a 10 in chat if you'd like to see more of Greg. We'd love for him to be a contributor here on the channel, but there's several things that we need to talk about here on the Bitcoin chart. The very first thing that I wanna point out is this flat level of support now. It was resistance about an hour ago that Tim drew on the chart at $46,700. This level right here has been sitting on the chart for a couple of hours before the breakout. I know everybody's gonna be like, oh yeah, okay, now that it breaks bullish, you're gonna say that. But I swear, I saw it, yeah. it was there. And this level represents the part of the VPVR maximum that we have been witnessing over the last several days. The VPVR maximum on the hourly chart for Bitcoin sits right around $46,000, but there's also a smaller maximum right here at about $46,800. These two VPVR maximum are very important levels of, well, they were resistance, but now they are support. And Bitcoin has now broken bullish out of them. We're gonna come back to the current, but let's back up and talk about what has led up to this very moment with Bitcoin breaking out. And I wanna tell you where that $37,000 number is coming from because a lot of people are talking about that. I don't think it's going to happen. Here is where that number comes from. As many of you guys have pointed out, we've broken bullish out of this pennant. An hour ago, we had not. An hour ago, if we go back and replay, uh, then we were actually in the process of breaking bearish out of it, and a lot of people were worried about this. I had looked at the chart, and I'd seen, hey, look at this. There's a double bottom forming right here at $45,500. I don't think we're going to go down to $37,000 like this pennant was predicting. This is what you have to keep in mind with technical analysis, guys. Pennant patterns and price targets are valid, but... And the key word there is but. You have to make sure you are doing your due diligence. As Tim was talking about even before we went live, the technicals were saying, hey, look, there's a decent chance that we could go down to $42,000, $43,000. Fundamentally speaking, and looking at Ethereum and Cardano and all these other cryptocurrency projects and the outflows of exchanges and the adoption in uh, El Salvador and the fact that the whales want Bitcoin to rally so they can start making money because they just bought the dip, including all of that and taking that holistic point of view on the market, it doesn't make any sense that we would break really, really far to the downside, in my opinion. Not right now. But that $37,000 number that's been talked about here in crypto comes from this pennant because this pennant, if you do a simple price target, does call for $37,450. Should we go down there? I don't think so. I would be very surprised if we did. Now, I will give the bears this one point. 
And that is the fact that Bitcoin has been slowing its ascent over the last month in much the similar way that we saw at the beginning of this year. Bitcoin started slowing its ascent and putting this rounding top formation in starting in January, moving all the way till May when we dumped and we crashed. That's kind of what we're seeing happen right now. We started to slow down our ascent, have a rounding top, and then we have a big correction. The bears do have one argument, and that is that this market right here looks like the smaller version of this market right here. And they could argue that this is an ABC correction based on uh, the way that you can look at corrections in markets. And it is something that you want to take into account. I personally think that we're going to remain bullish, but we'll get to all of that. Now, let's look down here on the hourly chart at this pennant and what it means. Now, pennants, as you guys know, are continuation patterns. What does that mean for anyone who's new here? It is our goal to entertain you guys, yes, but mainly to educate and inform you guys on technical markets. So a pennant pattern is a pattern based on an uptrending level of support and a downtrending level of resistance. These two lines right here, discounting this horizontal line, which I will go ahead and move briefly, but we'll put it back there in a second. This downtrending level of resistance and this uptrending level of support form what is known as a symmetrical triangle pattern or a continuation pattern. These typically will break in the same direction that the market moved into them. In this case, the market was moving bearish, so common wisdom would say that we're going to break bearish. Again, like I said, we have to take a holistic point of view on these markets because if you look at things that simply, you are bound to make mistakes. These markets are not black and white. You have to make sure you're looking at them in color. Now that we've broken bullish, there are some important factors to consider, and that has to do with RSI. One of the interesting things that's showing up right now on Bitcoin is RSI divergence. However, just 45 minutes ago, that story has changed a little bit. You can see right here there was an uptrending level of uh, there was an uptrending level of resistance on the price action chart on the hourly chart, and then there was a downtrending level of resistance on the RSI divergence, and it did lead to a break to the downside. However, what we're seeing happen right now looks similar, yes, but it's actually changing as we're speaking. Up until an hour ago, there was very powerful RSI divergence sitting right here that may have supported the idea that we were going to break to the downside. However, now that we've started breaking up, all of a sudden, that RSI divergence is not as powerful. And if we move just to the upside just a little bit more, then this trend line is actually going to be trending to the upside, which would invalidate the RSI divergence, but it would actually do something else, which is not bullish, and it would create a rising wedge. So if we do break to the upside here and we rally up to around $48,000, then we're going to invalidate the RSI divergence, but we'll more than likely form a rising wedge. That's bearish. So what do we do with all of this information? How should we look at this market? There is more information that I want to bring to your attention, but before I do, I want to kind of bring everything together so that we're not just having 20 pieces of information floating around our head and having all of it leave us. What's going on right now? Bitcoin underwent manipulation and a long squeeze on Tuesday. That's what happened. We watched it drop $10,000 in an hour. There's only really two things that can cause that to happen in a cryptocurrency market, maybe three things. The third thing might be a gigantic bearish fundamental development like we saw in March of last year where the entire world went into lockdown, that can cause a run on the exchanges, if you will, and cause everybody to sell their cryptocurrency and cause the market to crash. But other than that, there's only really two things that can cause a crash that big. Number one, a long squeeze. That is where over leveraged traders get liquidated and it causes selling pressure and causes the market to crash. And number two, manipulation. I can't speak to whether or not there was a lot of manipulation. We're going to talk about whale wallets and whale selling a little bit later on in the show. I can't uh, prove that there was manipulation going on on Tuesday, but it certainly looked like it based on my instinct and my intuition and my history in these markets. But I can tell you this, there was $3.18 billion worth of liquidated longs by about six o'clock on Tuesday Eastern time, and that did cause a major correction. Both of those things are not fundamental developments. Both of those things are short-term liabilities on the price action that do not have long-term implications. A long squeeze already out the door, we're already done with it. Manipulation, frankly, the people they were trying to manipulate the market probably only did it so they can buy in lower and they just got their buy-in. So why would they manipulate it lower when they had a chance to buy two months ago? I don't think that is going to continue to occur. I think the rest of this month is going to be bullish. We'll see. I could be wrong. But based on what I'm thinking, 
Tuesday was a black swan event, and I think that we're going to start recovering now. But I would love to hear your opinion on that in the chat. Tim, I know there's a lot of technicals going on right now. We're going to look at some uh, um, uh, considerations between Bitcoin and Ethereum and ADA and their charts here in a second. But what are you seeing on Bitcoin, and what do you think the next three days looks like? Yeah, I, I, I was telling Jeb this morning. This is this is going to sound a lot like, oh, okay, Tim. Like now in hindsight, twenty, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Of course, you would say this now. When I was doing TA this morning, we were sitting well within that uh, symmetrical triangle pattern, pennant. As Jeb was talking about that number 37,000, why people were saying there, that's what if we if it had played out as a bull pennant, that's where we'd go down. Bear to. pennant, you mean? A bear. Sorry, you're right. Bear pennant. Now, here's the thing. I've, you've all seen this in chat, and this is another thought. A lot of times pennants that break the wrong way only break the wrong way for a, a moment before continuing to the downside. Mm -hmm. Here is the thing, though. Intuition has got to be a part of your decision making. I, it, technical analysis, as valuable and as amazing as it is, is not an excuse to turn your brain off and mm -hmm. to not pay attention to other things. So this is one of those things. If I had no mindset or interest in Bitcoin whatsoever, and I just want to look at the technicals, I would say, hey guys, yeah, no, like we're going down past 40 down to 37. But that's before I actually start to think about the fundamentals, the on-chain metrics, the uh, the concept of what's happening. I think we're gonna talk about this a little later, but the number, or there's rather the percentage of this price that is actually on exchanges versus people that have taken it off. When you add up all of these things that are happening fundamentally, my intuition this morning was, I don't think we're gonna break bearish. Like from a technical standpoint, we probably should, but I don't think that's actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. I saw another question in chat I, I do kind of wanna uh, talk about because someone asked Jeb like, you know, there's always multiple signals flashing, and, and yep. a lot of times they're actually counterintuitive. Yep. They, they mm -hmm. actually work against each other. Yep. How do you manage TA, and how do you actually have informed opinions on what's about to happen? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a concept that I talk about. It's not in CT2A yet, but we're working on this video uh, about the dissonance of technical analysis. And basically what dissonance means is uh, disagreement. Dis means not. Uh, disunity means not in unity. Dissonance means it's not in harmony, if you will. The dissonance of technical analysis. I've never heard anyone else call it that, but that's my term. Uh, there are plenty of times in technical analysis and technical theory where you're going to have certain indicators or chart formations uh, disagreeing with each other. For example, recently, Tim has pointed out that there has been times where we've seen bullish R-side divergence right alongside bearish R-side divergence. Well, which one do you listen to? They're contradicting each other. That is something that you're going to run into quite a bit in technical analysis. You're going to find that things are not going to agree with each other. Here's what you need to do. You need to put it to a vote. Do you need to put it to a vote between the trader? No. What you need to do is you need to put it to a vote between all the indicators and all the chart formations. This is step one. This is not the only step, so hang on. Bear with me. You need to make sure that you're looking at everything. The word holistic is a word that you should have in your tool belt. Holistic just means looking at everything and taking it all into consideration at the same time. You need to have a holistic point of view on the market. So what does that mean? If bullish and bearish R-side divergence are, con are contradicting each other, normally, not all the time, it depends on the circumstance, but normally I'm just going to ignore the RSI divergence. I'm not going to ignore the RSI divergence, but I'm going to say, okay, these two are kind of canceling each other out. It's like, let's say you're doing a math equation and you got negative one on one side of the equal sign and plus one on the other side of the equal sign. Boom, they cancel out. The math equation just got a lot simpler, didn't it? That's what we do in technical analysis. Again, it's not that simple because you never want to disregard regard technical factors, it might be that there's a bullish theory and that bullish R-side divergence is going to play into effect, or it might be there's a bearish theory and that bullish R-side divergence might be the reason that it doesn't happen. So don't take that as gospel. It is a general rule of thumb. But for the most part, you want to see what the market is generally saying, because there's a misconception that technical analysis is ev not only sometimes, but is ever going to give you a clear signal. You're never going to get a 2020 perfectly cl clear signal from technical analysis. It doesn't happen. It never will. You're always going to have technical factors disagreeing with each other because never are 100% of the technical indicators and chart formations going to agree with each other. You're always going to have a 90-10 or a 50-50 or a 50-50 or a 40-60 or a 70-30 split. So what you need to do is you need to look at all of the factors, say, okay, yes, there's this one bearish factor. 
factor, but there's these 10 bullish factors. And also I'm looking at the market sentiment and the market sentiment seems to be bullish. And my intuition based on the fact that I've been working in crypto markets for the last five years or three years or eight years says that, yeah, I think we're going to break bullish here based on this news. You see what I'm saying? You got to pull everything together. You don't want to just say, oh, well, there's just one bearish factor and then throw out the, ba- the baby with the bathwater and say, okay, well, we, poss- we can't possibly go up because of this one thing. It's yeah. important to take everything to, into account together. You know, I want to use an analogy for those of you who are in the sports world. If you're not in the sports world, stay with me because uh, this this relates. If you're in sports, and let's go football. We, we could talk about a lot of different sports, but let's start football. Successful coaches utilize film review. Why? Yep. So they can study tendencies. They can study patterns. They're, they are getting into the details of what is a t- what does a team like to do on third and seven versus third and two. They want to see what teams are doing. Does that mean automatically, well, okay, it's third and seven. So last week we saw them run a fly. So automatically they're running a fly. No, but it helps inform the coaches about the tendencies. TA is the same way. Mm-hmm. You've got to use it to look at tendencies so it can help inform your decision making moving on. You know, if anyone ever thought TA was perfect and and you can just turn your brain off and you don't have to pay attention to any other metric and just watch TA, that's stupid. That's that's like doing nothing but watching tape in football yep. and then making every single play call based off of tape instead of using in game feeling yeah. intuition. Yeah. But when you combine the two, that's what makes coaches like Belichick, Saban, some of the greatest of all times amazing is because they understand the value of both doing their homework but also making the right call based off of what's happening yeah. right then. Absolutely. So guys, let's let, let's get to the point here. Is this a crash or is this a breakout? Like, what, what happens next in the next three days? Let's get to that question because I know that's what you guys want to know. Where do we go next? Drop a one in chat if you're really curious what happens next. I know I am. So let's look at the hourly chart here on Bitcoin. I personally am seeing quite a few bearish indicators and I don't want to gloss over those just because I'm bullish that is a very very stupid thing to do looking at only your side of the story because you're not going to get a holistic point of view and that might work for you or work not for you I know you are a very very uh, intelligent and uh, open-minded individual but a lot of people in the world they look and they say okay well I'm just going to listen to uh, my side of the story because it informs me of what I want to know but I know that that's not what you are that's that's not who you are because you just like me want to understand both sides because if you get it wrong you might lose money on a trade so it's actually very important that you understand both sides that being said there are bearish factors that we have to consider number one there is at the moment still bearish RSI divergence on the hourly chart number two on the daily chart we are still uh, lose uh, we're still red on the histogram on the MACD I think that might turn around but for the for the moment we are still at that point three we also still have very high bearish uh, volume based on the two red days that we saw yesterday and uh well our that's still bullish so that's good um let's see what else there isn't a whole lot else to be quite honest with you i guess you could say that we've ju- jumped and got overextended on the bollinger bands which is bearish for the most part there is um that's really the extent of what bearishness i'm seeing we're seeing volumes pick back up so that's a good sign and of course there's still the argument that hey we're still in a bearish pennant and that should see us go to the downside those are the bearish factors the bullish factors are that Bitcoin is very bullish down here on the hourly chart. Incredibly bullish. We're rallying back up to the mid-level, the zero level on the MACD. Number two, the volume is higher, and that is a good sign. Number three, the uh, Lux Algo indicator, which we talk about quite a bit, just flashed bullish earlier this hour. So if you guys aren't already using Lux Algo, you absolutely should. It is the premier technical indicator to give you guys signals and exits for your stops, uh, exits for your longs and your shorts. It's a great indicator. I use it. Over a thousand of our uh, viewers use it now, and you guys are loving it. Tell people in chat if you like Lux Algo. If you don't, give them an honest review. Let them know in chat so they make an informed decision. You should sign up. Link's in the description. You can use coupon code JEB, J-E-B-B, for 20% off at checkout. And by the way, guys, if you haven't already, smash that like button. We have 2,500 people watching. I know we can get to 1,000 likes here in the next couple of minutes. It helps boost the algorithm and helps us to continue informing more people on the technicals. But the bullish factors are that the volume's higher. The Lux Algo is flashing bullish. The Bollinger Bands are incredibly, incredibly constricted on the hourly chart. And as we talk about, markets are cyclical. So whenever markets are cyclical, we want to make sure that 
we are, and this is interesting actually, right now Lux Algo is just on the very verge of not having a buy signal. So keep an eye on that. Literally, it's flipping right as we're speaking. This is what real-time signals look like. It's on the very edge. So I'll keep you updated to, on that as the stream goes out. But nevertheless, Bollinger Bands are very constricted right now. Markets are cyclical. When they're constricted, they're uh, based on the cyclical nature of markets, likely going to not be constricted at some point in the near-term future like we saw right here. Constricted, widened, widened, and then they get constricted. So we should see more volatility coming in the next 48 hours. I'm personally very bullish on Bitcoin. Yeah. And the reason is, is because we dropped $10,000 based on no technicals, based on no, I mean, there were some technicals, but not really, uh, based on not a lot of technicals, not a lot of fundamentals. But I think some people in the uh, whale community were trying to make El Salvador look bad. I think that this crash was um, a bad thing that has been made for good because we needed a correction. We needed to make sure that we were staying healthy, but we didn't set any lower highs. And I'll leave it at this before we wrap out and make our final conclusions. Bitcoin pulled back and tested a longer term uptrending level of support right here that it had not tested for yeah. quite some time and confirmed it. So that's a very good sign. Yeah. I'm bullish on Bitcoin for the next three days. No, I, that, I was going to add that's on great. what you just said there at the end is do not underestimate the value of as much as we did not like that price drop yesterday or two days ago do not underestimate the value of where it bounced and the level yep. of support that it is giving us moving forward that's another reason why you know in the title you know there are people saying is bitcoin going down to thirty-seven thousand? one of the reasons why my answer is no jeb's answer is no and several other people's answer is no is look at that support that we just built right there. Go look at the VPVR. Go look at where, just look at the history, the last couple months of Bitcoin and look at, at the levels of support that we have set right there. Look at the amount of people who are continuing to move their money off of exchanges and putting it into the HODL mode. This is, this is what I believe is about to happen, Jeb. I, 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 when people ask, is this about to be bearish or this about to be bullish? I actually want to highlight the concept that someone I've seen several people highlight in chat talk about this, Jeb, talk about how when we we break bullish out of those bare pennants, mm -hmm. we usually turn around, and go down. I actually think that's going to happen. Yeah. I actually think that at some point today or tomorrow, we might see another price of forty five thousand, maybe even below, maybe yeah, somewhere in the forty four. We, we are not going all the way down to thirty seven. Yeah, agreed. We are going to go low before we resume a bull run. Uh, you know, when we gave our predictions earlier this week, we gave them on Tuesday. Literally, I think we gave our predictions an hour before, an hour the, before price. the giant crash. Yeah, those are out the window Smay, now. Smay is going to win. Smay's I'm, not, I'm win. not predicting that we hit new all-time highs by Friday. However, I am predicting short-term bearish movement. We, we broke the wrong way out of those bear pennants, those ascending wedges. Short-term bear movement mm -hmm. before a... a a stop and rally. Right. Uh, and so that, for those of you, I saw, I saw that question in chat. So are we going up? We're going down? Question mark. We're going down, then up. That yeah. is, that's what I'm calling. That's what I think I is going to happen. It. And I think it's going to happen on all three of those big coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano. I know we'll probably talk more about that later in the show, but just in case you guys are wondering what, at least Tim, you know, I can't speak for Jeff, what Tim's opinion is, I think down, then up. Yeah, makes sense. And by the way, guys, um, someone was asking in chat, and I know you guys are always curious about this. Uh, the, seg the settings I use on Lux Algo here in signal sensitivity is 12, and then I use 26 on confirmation signals agility uh, down here in advanced settings. These are the only two settings that I would recommend you messing with unless you really, really, really know what you're doing. Um, Lux Algo actually has those as its default settings. There's a bunch of different ways that you can set up the settings. They have a Discord community with the recommended settings based on the last uh, candlestick worth of price action data that constantly updates in their Discord. It's really cool. I have personally found that the default settings work the best for me. So I just use the default settings, to be honest with you. I think they're great. And if you guys are interested, check the link in the description box down below. I think I think people want to know what Smay's opinion is too. Yeah, Smay, what's your opinion? Where do you think we're going? Um, I mean, I think I perfectly predicted this on uh, Tuesday, yeah. and I think you knew the whole time. Um, so he caused yeah, the crash. I think we're probably gonna we're probably gonna float around where we're at now for the next couple of days, and then I think we'll start to slowly climb back to where we should be. So is it solely turtles that help your analysis, or do you use anything else to help you? Um, I use my own intuition. That's it. Yes. Your, okay. Yes. Fair enough. Good to know. 
Fair enough. Those turtles, they help. Let's go ahead and read a couple super chats. Yes, I'm copying and pasting one more. Hopefully I don't miss any. But we got one from Corey Bates earlier saying, Hey, Jeb, thoughts on Evergrande China stock plummeting? Looks to be recovering, but is this a red flag? I haven't looked into that, so I couldn't tell you. The yeah, Chi- I can tell you that the Chinese stock market is a mess, and so is the Chinese real estate market, and so is uh, their debasement of their currency to try and become the number one global economy. China is in a gigantic bubble, and it's probably going to pop in the next 20 years. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. Gotcha. He, he ended up by saying, uh, just for, for my sake, he said, love the channel, guys. Tim VT's D looked nice. He's talking about the defense. Um, they did, just uh, as, as probably one of the strongest Virginia Tech fans in the world. It's a long season. Let's not get too excited. Too quick. <laughs> Let's take it one game at a time. Uh, Crypto Chewy said, became a member a couple weeks ago. God bless you all. Any thoughts on AMP? This AMP, is a is one of those, question. AMP is one of those ones that we're working on researching. <laughs> yeah, what we do know, and, and I haven't checked in the last couple of days, but from a technical standpoint, not I'm not a big fan of it. But. It's technicals look kind of dumb yeah. from what I remember saying. Why in the heck did my thing just freeze up? All right, well, we'll keep moving. Mountain Drifter 74 said, love the show, guys. Watching every day from Maryville, Tennessee. Hey. Loving CT2A. Maryville. Let's go. Yeah, thank Where's you Maryville, very much. Like compared to Gatlinburg. It's where is Maryville? I was born in Gatlinburg, by the way, and I used to live in Knoxville. I think Maryville's in the east, the the east think i'm not sure i'm not sure at anyway all. go ahead and read the next one i'll look it up yeah um bob said fra- uh, fracture fractal repeat oh heck it's really close it's really close to gatlinburg and pigeon forge oh, nice fractal repeat on bitcoin of the may dump zoom out to the daily yes. in may dump then zoom in in the hourly on the september 7th yep. dump very similar god bless you that's what i was saying earlier it does look very similar and that's what we're going to be looking at is it it kind of does look like a fractal of what happened earlier on this year mm-hmm. and if it does then the 37 t- target makes a lot of sense i don't think it's going to happen but we'll see got one one that came in i want to make sure i don't miss it yeah kelly yeah he yeah, but I'm, we're not going to get there. Just saying, we'll keep going from where we are. Uh, Ryish Scoundrel said, thanks, fellas. Good. Oh, this is fun. Gatidia's Telecom. I'm going with it. What about the Golden Cross? So far, we had two or three 10,000 red sticks. Will we ever see the 10,000 green sticks? I think so. Yeah, no, I absolutely think so. We've seen a lot of those in the last, uh, Not maybe not maybe not 10,000 in a day, but a lot of 10,000. Well, actually, there was a... Let's see. In uh, February the 8th, there was an $8,000 green candlestick on February the 8th. So, you know, it does happen. I th- the, the thing is, when the market moves this quickly, it has to do it because of a, le- because of a, a long or a short squeeze. And if you're in a big rally that's strong enough to cause a $10,000 movement to the upside, then you're probably not going to have a lot of people shorting, which means you're probably not going to be able to cause a short squeeze, which mm-hmm. would move the market to the upside. So... It's going to be harder to see a giant uh, short squeeze just because there's almost always more people in long, which is a good thing. That means more people are confident it's going to go up than down. So it's harder to have a long squ- uh, short squeeze that large than it is to have a long squeeze that big. Well, and the other part of his question, talking about that uh, golden cross, I was actually looking at. It. I don't know if we, I don't know if you'd said this earlier, but mm-hmm. it it looks to be on track yeah, it's to coming see a golden soon. cross on the twelfth. It is indeed. If, if those patterns keep up, if the if the fifty and the two hundred simple moving averages stay on yep. their current course, they will intersect on the twelfth. Yeah, and actually. We can look at my chart really quickly. That's something I forgot to mention earlier today is that we're at, we actually bounced off the 200 daily moving average. And that's another reason why I'm really bullish right now, guys. The 200 daily moving average is a critical level of support because you almost always stay above it during a bull market. It was surprising, to say the least, that we fell below it back over here in May. The reason that we did was because we rallied way too quickly. But the fact that we're back above above that, so long as we can stay above that 200-day, I'm still pretty confident. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. there is a golden cross coming up. I think golden and death crosses are overplayed because they've got a fancy name that gets a lot of clicks. But they are important, just maybe not quite as important as some people give them credit for. But there is one coming up, and that is bullish. Mm -hmm. Before we move on to our next topic, We'll, we'll go back to Super Chats later. Yep. Jeb, you weren't here yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, but we, we read a report talking about how 92% of long positions were liquidated. Yeah. Uh, Goodness so again, gracious. I feel horrible for those people within that 92%. But as a whole, Jeb, what are your thoughts? Because it, you know, I talked about yesterday. To me, that's actually a great sign that with 92% of our longs being liquidated, we only dropped. I think we dropped 10,000, but we only dropped. Are we, are we, was it even quite 10,000? It wasn't quite that much. So it's a good sign that that many people are longing Bitcoin. What's not a good sign is that there was any liquidation at all. Let, th- let this be a learning experience for you, whether you were in one of those longs or not. There is never a reason to get liquidated, mm. period. There is never 
ever a reason to get liquidated. Whenever you are in a trade, whether it's on leverage or not, now when we're talking about longs, we're talking about, for the most part, leverage trades, there is no reason to get liquidated. Why? Because stop losses exist. Stop losses got triggered also yesterday, which caused the selling pressure to, to happen, but we're not even talking about the people that got stopped out of their trades. We're talking about the people that got liquidated. The people that got liquidated out of their trades only got liquidated because they didn't put stop losses there. Now, we could have still seen a dump if all of, if a bunch of stop losses got triggered. The dominoes can keep falling if there's a bunch of stop losses, but think about it like this. Dominoes falling with stop losses getting triggered are much smaller dominoes than dominoes getting triggered from liquidations. When you start having a, a, a liquidation event and dominoes start falling from liquidations, you're going to see a gigantic, really fast price crash like we saw, and it cleans out the order books, and that's why I vividly remember on the video yesterday, which you should go watch because I caught this crash live day before yesterday. Um, Bitcoin was jumping $1,000 up and down. And the reason was because the order books had nothing in them. There were no trades. So you would buy Bitcoin at 46000 and it jumped to forty-seven. So... You should never get liquidated. The reason you should never get liquidated is because you should always be in a stop loss. You should yeah. always have a stop loss. There's literally never, ever, ever any reason not to post a stop loss. It takes you five extra seconds. It's incredibly important for your safety, and it will actually make you more profitable by the fact that it'll stop you from losing so much money when you make a bad trade, which will make you more profitable overall. So there's a practical reason to do it also. So Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's a great answer, Jim. I, I think what I was kind of going towards is the fact that despite having – that many people get liquidated. Yeah, I know what you're saying. 92% you're right. of them only caused, yeah. it was, I think it's closer to an yeah. $8,000 drop. Yeah. To me, again, to me, that is that shows the absolute power and influence of the fact that we've seen so many withdrawals from exchanges. Yep. We've seen so many people go to hodl mode rather than let's see if we can continue to risk this, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's, I think it's very encouraging that even with a massive capitulation mm -hmm. liquidation event like we saw yesterday, we still managed to hold fast at support such as our um, the 200 daily and the uptrending level of support at 43,000. I think that was really, really good. So yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. With that said, we have some things that we want to talk about on our altcoins because Tim made a great and astute um, insight this morning on the ADA Bitcoin and the Ethereum Bitcoin chart. And that is this. Let's look at these charts really quickly down here on the hourly chart. Right now, the ADA Bitcoin chart and the Ethereum Bitcoin chart. And for those of you who are new here, we love our crypto noobs. That's why we're here. We're here to educate you. So I'm going to make sure you understand uh, the ADA Bitcoin and Ethereum Bitcoin chart are just when we're looking at the uh, uh, Cardano or ADA price and the Ethereum or ETH price over Bitcoin instead of over US dollar. So what is the exchange value between uh, ADA and Bitcoin and between Ethereum and Bitcoin? So that's what we're looking at. We can do price action. We can do price action analysis and technical analysis on these markets the same way as we can their U.S. dollar comparatives. On uh, Ethereum U.S. dollar and Cardano U.S. dollar, there are some very interesting patterns showing up here. For example, there are rising wedges showing up on, I believe, both of them. In fact, it's not a rising wedge on uh, Ethereum. It is a pennant. And as we just saw on Bitcoin, pennants bring volatility. So be watching out for that on Ethereum and ADA. If you want, we can make some more videos on that coming up here pretty soon. But I'm more interested in in the Bitcoin comparatives of these two markets, because right now they're both in rising wedges. Both of them are in rising wedges. What does that mean? Well, we know from CT2A that rising wedges have a 70% chance of breaking in the opposite direction that they are pointed. So both of these rising wedges are pointed to the upside. So that gives us a 70% chance of breaking to the downside. What does that mean? It doesn't even necessarily mean that the price over US dollars is going to drop. What it does mean is that both of these markets, Cardano and Ethereum, could be poised to lose market dominance to the big dog, Bitcoin. So, Tim, since you're the one that saw this, I want to ask you, is this evidence that we could see an exodus moving of valuation and market capitalization moving from Cardano and Ethereum to Bitcoin? Could Bitcoin start taking back market dominance? And are we about to see a big run on Bitcoin where Bitcoin's going to be leading the altcoins instead of the altcoins leading Bitcoin like we've seen over the last month? Well, the key word there, I don't know if I can answer, is, the, is big. You know, is it a big dominance, you know, big run. We we have seen them shift over the last couple of months. It, it seems like one week we got Bitcoin leading the pack and Cardano and Ethereum are kind of lagging behind. Sometimes mm -hmm. we see both Ethereum and Bitcoin take the lead. Like that was the, that was a huge thing is before the news broke from Charles Hoskinson about smart contracts, Cardano actually was sometimes you had to poke it with a stick. It's like, come on, do yeah. something. Yeah. And and I remember right before that happened, I didn't know the smart contract news would break, but I, I was looking at charts and I said, guys, Cardano's been lagging. It's it's probably their turn. You did say that. And then a couple days later, the Boom. smart contract news broke. Right. Cardano exploded, led the pack. We've seen that continue. You know, if you read 
if you go and read articles, you, you're constantly seeing an article. It seems like almost every other one is in some way or form discussing the fact that Ethereum has been uh, way more advantageous than Bitcoin as of late. So when we say large, I think this is a thing where we're going to see a time period where Bitcoin is the leader of those three. You're always going to have that small little altcoin somewhere that's growing by 100% almost daily. But when, when we're talking about the big three, we've seen Cardano and Ethereum lead the pack as of late. I'm going to say again, I think that it's getting close to where it's going to be Bitcoin's turn. We're going to see where, you know, if you're looking at coin market cap, you're going to see Bitcoin with the larger green 24 hour, 20 or seven day uh, percentage growth rather than Cardano and Ethereum. But there will come a point, you know, the charts will flip again. We'll probably see a descending or sorry, uh, yeah, a, a descending wedge on both Ethereum over Bitcoin and Cardano over Bitcoin. And then they're going to flip back and take it again. At the end of the day, it's not even that big of a deal. Like also when people talk about the dominance story, Bitcoin came before Ethereum and Cardano. It's been around longer than them. It's way, way larger of a product, a uh, project, sorry, that has had more time to be adopted and be utilized. Ethereum and, and Cardano are newer. So they're going to have a kind of a time frame where they get to have a little bit faster growth. There will be a point. I don't know if it's in a couple months couple years what but with all three of them kind of actually even out and every now and then one of them kind of takes the lead but then as soon as it does the other one takes over i i see all three of them actually at so one point moving all, together so you think they're all going to move together even more than they already are right now well see but okay hmm. they're moving together in terms of when we see an upward momentum in the market all three of them moving up the question is what's the slope a lot of times we see like cardano be moving up more aggressively ethereum's a little bit behind cardano and then bitcoin while still moving up is just nowhere near as aggressive, but then they flip and all of a sudden Bitcoin gets aggressive in how fast it moves up and Cardano and Ethereum slow down and then Ethereum takes its turn. I think we're going to see that kind of almost like, you know, when you braid, you know, ropes, you know, which, which one gets to be on top is constantly switching, yeah. but there will become a point where it, it. kind of evens out and it's like, no, it seems like they all rise by five or 10% or they all dip by five mm. or 10%. Mm. Right now we see, like I said, just like we see days where Cardano raises by 10%, Ethereum by seven and Bitcoin only four. That's funny because because I actually completely disagree with you. Go ahead. I, yeah, I, go ahead. I, th I think that we're going to see a lot of the, uh, and by the way, I'm looking over at Tim when I'm talking this way. I think that we're going to see a lot of the crypto projects that are finally starting to mature, such as Ethereum and Cardano, decouple from Bitcoin in a massive way over the next five years. And the reason is, is because these cryptocurrency projects for the longest time have been following Bitcoin just because the whole market's speculative. But over the next 10 years, we're going to see a lot of these markets move from speculative to real-world use case. And I think that's going to have so much more of an effect on the price action than it does right now based on decentralized finance and NFTs and everything being built on these uh, applications and smart contracts um, that we're going to see them decouple from Bitcoin for that reason because their use case is going to take over their price action rather than just speculation. So I think that uh, that's what I think. What do you think about that, Tom? No, I mean, so I, I hear what you're saying. And I think what I'm more getting at is, so the difference right now in the young crypto market between a 10% raise and a 5% raise is pretty big. You know, that's why yeah. we see them growing dominance. I think there's going to be a part where, yes, I think we're going to see like Ethereum or Cardano because of their use cases, they're, they're involved, they're, they're stuff with NFTs and, and smart contracts and everything. They'll raise by 5.6% versus Bitcoin only raised by 5.1. So, okay. So I you're talking the, the about, so you're saying there's going to be a lot less volatility in the market in the, general. Yeah, the degree, that, well, I what I'm saying that. is the degree of which they're growing is not going to be so massively different. Like I said, a 10% right. growth versus a 5% growth, that's a pretty significant difference. When you get back down that. smaller, that I think is going to decrease the difference in how they grow. Okay, I see that. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot less volatility moving into the next five to 10 years just because we're seeing much larger markets. And of course, an $880 billion market is a lot harder to move than an $88 billion market, both of them being pretty hard as well. So I can agree with that, actually. Yeah. With that said, we need to move into our next story, which has to do with digital scarcity, which is kind of what we were just talking about. Over on Bitcoin, there's an article that says digital scarcity, how Ethereum is beating Bitcoin at its own gain. And this is this article and many other things have had me really thinking about the whole idea of the Ethereum flipping. And it's something that I'm going to go back to the drawing board and think a little bit on. I, I still don't think it's going to happen, but... I am going to think about it some more. So we have this graph right here, and this shows the Bitcoin and Ethereum exchange balance relative to circulating supply. So let's say that there is, for the sake of argument, 100 million Ethereum in circulating supply. There's uh, 117 million. But just for the sake of argument, to make the analogy, not the analogy, but the explanation simpler, let's say that there's only 100 million in, in existence. What this graph is showing this blue line or this darker line right here is representing Ethereum. This lighter line is representing uh, Bitcoin. 
what this graph is representing, I can zoom in here a little bit on it, it's representing the amount of the cryptocurrency on exchange relative to the amount of cryptocurrency in existence. So right here in September of 20, uh, 2020, you can see that Ethereum's exchange balance relative to a circulating supply was about 19%. So if there was 100 million Ethereum in existence, there'd be 19 million Ethereum on exchange. 19% of total supply on exchange. We have seen that continue to decrease on Ethereum and Bitcoin. And over the last three months, the amount of Ethereum on exchange comparative to its total circulating supply has actually dipped below where Bitcoin was. It looks like this happened around May or June. Excuse me. No, this happened in July, maybe even August. This happened relatively recently. So the amount of Ethereum and Bitcoin has been consistently dropping on exchange. We've talked about many times the importance of the outflows, which is the total amount of cryptocurrency moving on versus off exchange. We want to see the outflows of cryptocurrencies on exchanges be higher than the inflows. What does that mean? Inflows means people are putting their Bitcoin or Ethereum or Cardano on exchange. Outflows means they're taking their Bitcoin, Ethereum or Cardano or other cryptocurrencies off of exchange. When you're holding cryptocurrency on exchange, then your cryptocurrency has become what an economist might say a uh, uh, near cash equivalent. It's easy to convert it into U.S. dollars or a stable coin and sell it. If it's in a ledger, then there's an extra step. You have to go and take it out of your safe. Hopefully it's in a safe or a safety deposit box or something. Then transfer it onto the exchange and then sell it. So you're putting one step in between you and selling. So whenever we're taking cryptocurrency off exchange, it's a very, very good sign mm -hmm. that people are hodling Bitcoin. Two points here. Number one, Ethereum is outpacing Bitcoin over the last year. That's really interesting. We're going to come back to that. But number two, the amount of cryptocurrency on exchange has continued to decline even during the massive correction that we saw in May and June. Why is that important? Because it means that people were confident in the long-term trajectory of Bitcoin even while we were seeing a massive dump on Bitcoin. So, Tim, I have two questions for you and then I'm going to answer them. Number one, why do you think that the amount of Bitcoin on exchange continued to uh, decrease even during a 50% correction in the market? And number two, why do you think Ethereum's taking the lead here? My answer to both is the exact same thing. Uh, I've told this story before, but I want to say it again. I had a friend who got into crypto, didn't really know what he was doing. I know this story. Uh, so this was his thinking. And and while you have to kind of say, all right, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a good thing, at least for now. This is the flaw of a new thought. And I used to think this way too. It's okay. As the market matures, people will change their mind. His reason for it, he, he had $2,000 to invest in crypto or to invest and he wanted to do it in crypto. He looked at Bitcoin and he looked at Ethereum. And he said, I'm going to go Ethereum. Why? Because at the time, I think Ethereum was sitting at $1,500. He said, listen, if, if, if I put my $2,000 into Ethereum and it grows to, you know, 4,500, I will be able to get a bigger return on my money versus if I put that 2,000 into Bitcoin, which I think was sitting somewhere around 30 at the time, he's like, it would take a lot more movement for it to bring me a bigger increase. Yeah. So his thought was, how can I make more money quicker? And to that, Ethereum was the answer. Mm -hmm. Here is the thing that I think that he will learn someday watching his investment if he's paying attention and, and, and learning more and more about how crypto works. And I think that a lot of people are seeing these people that are taking their money out of off exchanges in Bitcoin and putting it in their own hall. They're saying, listen, I understand you're going to have your Doge coins and your Shiba Inus and your moon, your moonshot coins. And, and you, I understand that even the big coins like Cardano and Ethereum, and now we're seeing Solana kind of creep up as well. I understand the percentage of gain I could get in the short term might be more advantageous. But when I'm thinking about my retirement, when I'm thinking about my kid's future, when I'm thinking about the 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 year out thought, my, Bitcoin is where my money should be. Yep. So I, I don't, I'm not worried about the fact that I might not make as much money in 2021 or 2022. I'm concerned with the, how can I make more money by 2050 and 2070 and yep. to, to 2100, you know? Yep. That's the thinking. That's the thinking that is causing experienced crypto investors to withdraw their Bitcoin rather than exchanging it for Ethereum or anything else. Yeah, so guys, look, here's the thing. His friend, and I know his friend, um, is in the same camp that most new people in cryptocurrency are in. Yeah, Bitcoin's cool. Yeah, Bitcoin's grown 70, 80,000 percent in the last 10 years. What's left? There's how much can, can it really go up 
80,000% again? No, it can't. Bitcoin would be worth more than the total global GDP if it went up another 80,000%, I, I think. Um, so people look at smaller cap altcoins because they bring bigger returns. Nothing wrong with that. First things first, I want to say I love it when you guys invest in smaller cap altcoins. Just do Absolutely. your research and make sure you know what you're buying before you buy it. Make sure you're not buying with money you can't afford to lose. Here's what I tell people, and I'm not a financial advisor, but I have learned this from going on five years of cryptocurrency experience. Build a foundation for your portfolio in an investment portfolio of Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, mainly Bitcoin. Build that foundation. Let's put it like this. When you're building a house, is the concrete foundation meant to be really sexy? Is it meant to look really good and have all these frills? No, it's meant to hold the freaking house up. It's concrete, it doesn't look good. Then you build the house on top of it and then you decorate the house. You don't decorate the foundation. The foundation is functional. Build a foundation for your portfolio in Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Cardano in these larger cap cryptocurrencies because they're a lot lower risk and they're still going to bring you insane returns that are going to completely dominate over the real estate market and the stock market and anything else you're ever going to find. Then, after you've built that foundation, build a nice pretty house on it and put all the decorations you want in it in the form of Shiba Inu and Dogecoin and all these things. I think they're stupid things to buy Shiba Inu and Dogecoin. I don't think it's stupid to buy them. I think they are stupid projects. I don't think it's stupid to buy them. Let me clarify and correct myself. Build the foundation with Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, some other, uh, and mainly Bitcoin and Ethereum, and uh, build that foundation and then put the frills on by buying the smaller cap altcoins that you think are going to go 100%. Just make sure that you have a solid foundation. A lot of you guys also learn about these smaller cap altcoins that are popping off from Ben and BitBoy's channel. I love it. He gives you guys some great tips. I'm in no way, shape, or form against that. But if you look at Ben's portfolio, a large portion of his portfolio, because he made it public. This is, not pu this is not private information he's given me. I want to clarify. From his public uh, uh, his public thing, if I remember correctly, a huge percentage of his portfolio was in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Now, naturally, he doesn't have a $100 portfolio. At the time, he had a $10 million portfolio. So, of course, he's going to have even more in those stable coins and those not stable coins, but more stable coins like crypto and uh, like Bitcoin and Ethereum. But make sure you guys are building a solid foundation that you can build on top of. Mm. Then invest in those smaller cap altcoins, but make sure that you have the things that are tried and true like Bitcoin and Ethereum because they're both great projects. Yeah, I, I want to even you know, alliterate and chat. I've seen some people, you know, I, you know <laughs> after my spiel, people, some people are like, hey, man, I completely agree with Tim. Some people are like, hey, you know, Tim, I understand. But like, you know, I, I'm, I'm older. I, I, I'm not thinking about the next 50 years. I'm thinking about the next like 10 or so. And, and that's the thing. This is what we want to make sure everyone understands when we say things, we are saying our opinions and we are, you know, Jeb is 21. I'm 27. We're young. My friend that was doing sure. this, he was 30, you know? So, so maybe there is different advice based off of what your desired outcome was. Cause even talking to him, just to clarify, he, when I asked him, are you in this for the long haul? He said, yes, this is what I want to build. But like, so he was using the mindset of how can I make money within the next couple of months mm -hmm. to rationalize what his, you know, his words said, I want this for the next, you know, couple decades. And there's yeah. two different thoughts, but I completely agree for someone who's like, Hey man, I don't have a lot right now. I want to try to maximize my profits yeah, I now. That. I completely agree going yeah. with these, man, if someone had gotten in Solana two or three months ago, yep. kudos to you, yeah. you know, Greg, we told Greg, you know, diversify, but kudos to Greg for holding out Cardano, Cardano. getting that massive pump. Mm -hmm. This is all good for short-term profit. And if that's your goal, go for it. We, yeah. we on this show, we want to help you guys understand what's happening in the market. So whether you're thinking short-term, medium-term or long-term, you get all the information you need to make the best and most yep. informed decision for your financial needs. If you are thinking long, 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 long term, that is where, I, and I, I don't think you should put all in Bitcoin. I think you should leave some Cardano and Ethereum and, and even maybe some of these smaller altcoins. But it's, it's one of those things like if I'm, if you're saying, Tim, what is, if you could only be in one for the rest of your life, what would you be? And it would be Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, what we're saying here, be responsible. And we want to bring you um, tips and tricks to make sure that you guys are able to stay on that. With that said, let's go ahead and move on to some Super Chats, though. We got some great stuff in the chat. Uh, Thank you guys very much for tuning in. And make sure to smash that like button if you haven't already. Yes, man? Can I ask? I want to know, since we just were on this subject, what sure. is your guys' personal splits of uh, your portfolio? Sure. Mine is 60-40 Bitcoin and Ethereum. I'm almost entirely in Bitcoin and Ethereum right now. I'm looking to get into a lot more Cardano because I love Cardano. And frankly, I should have bought more of it like three months ago. I had wanted to. It wasn't that I didn't want to. It wasn't that I thought it was a bad idea. I just got busy and now I'm regretting it. So I want to get some more Cardano. I'm not going to FOMO into it though. So I'm going to 
do some more research and be wise on when I do that. But right now, my portfolio, and by my portfolio, I mean the company's portfolio and my portfolio, is about a 60-40 split Bitcoin and Ethereum. Yeah, I'd, you, I'm, I'm looking at my math. I, <laughs> I've never done the math breakdown. I would say probably... 60% Bitcoin and then actually believe it or not I think I think 60% Bitcoin and then probably 25% Cardano yeah. and then like the 15 Ethereum yeah. uh, and, and then okay that's, that's also just my large portfolio there's so, I have some very small holdings some other projects but when we're talking about real money that I have it's split between those three yeah I have I have I have money in like 20 different projects but yeah. I'm talking less than $10,000 in each one yeah. of those yeah. Uh, yeah so my portfolio is split between I have like 40% Bitcoin um, and then I have uh, Cardano Polkadot and Dogecoin nice <laughs> yeah nice. someone said what didn't buy cardano because i got busy what a load of bs it takes a lot of time to run this company and i got a million monkeys on my back that i'm trying to take oh care my of gosh. so yes it is bs and i absolutely should have done it and i take full credit for my own mistake you're right <laughs> i love it anyway let's keep reading super chats <laughs> all right we got let's start back where we left off we had one from rick 4962 saying yo he really wants to shout out this landscaping company so if you guys live in Knoxville, oh my you God. Some landscaping <laughs> yard dog landscaping yard Knoxville. have you gotten a client from this yet that's what i want to know I, I really hope, I hope yard he he's paying for it uh, jedi master in the house love you guys thanks for your support <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, real, real real talk though like <laughs> What? <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> I mean, you pay for it. Shane, we can't, we can't vouch for this yard. I dog can't vouch whatsoever. for the we yard don't know care if it's good company. Or not. It just, all, just so you guys know, this landscaping business exists in Knoxville. We, we normally charge a lot more money for that ad placement, yeah. but I guess he's getting a discount. Shane Hansen said, "Thanks for answering my question. I don't remember which question he asked, Shane, but." You're welcome. welcome. <laughs> uh, Gati yeah, Gatidius Telecom. I'm sticking with it. Price does whatever it wants. I have seen YFI. Why? YFI jump from 40K to 80 USD in one day. What if that happens to Bitcoin? Will that be a top then? Will that be the top then? Sorry. Why I don't know. I? I don't know what YFI stands for. Is he talking about? I have no idea. I've seen YFI jump from 40K to 80K USD in one day. Oh, he's, is he talking about Yearn Finance? Is that what it is? Oh, I, he's talking, I think he's talking about Yearn Finance. I honestly, I couldn't tell you. I don't think we're going to see Bitcoin jump that far that quickly. Uh, if it did, I'd be very happy, but I really don't think that's going to happen. Gotcha. Someone said, Tim, where is your neck? It's hiding behind the awesome beard. Rip, rip, it's hiding rip. behind the beard. <laughs> Okay. We need a clip of whatever the hell you just did. <laughs> I, I, that's something that people have said about me for a long time. I do not. Have, my brothers, I have three brothers. Two of them have like giraffe necks almost. They do. And then it's one of true. them is like a medium neck. I it, Neck reveal. I didn't neck really reveal. Neck reveal. Neck I mean, reveal. I mean, I You got to lift the beard up. Neck reveal. Neck reveal. Neck reveal. Neck reveal. Okay. All right. So let's. I keep just moving. saw what you did. That looks so funny. <laughs> what did you do? The like that kind of thing. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Gabby TC said thoughts on ADA as we approach September. Oh, I don't know, Mike. What'd thoughts on ADA as we approach September twelfth. Do you think this will be a pump and dump event? I'm worried about that. It's the same thing that we saw happen on uh, Bitcoin. I am very, very concerned that. Cardano is going to crash when smart contracts go out. But at the same time, I think that smart contracts going out are going to be an actual functional thing that is going to bring a lot more value to the ecosystem, unlike El Salvador, where a lot of people bought Bitcoin, yes, but we're not going to see the full impacts of that for a while. So I'm kind of up in the air. I want to make a video on that detailing my opinion, but I don't really, my opinion isn't really fully formed on it just yet. So what do you think, Tim? Sorry, I was copy and pasting Super yeah, Chats. What, what, what do you think that uh, Alonzo launching on the 12th is going to oh, yeah, moonshot yeah, yeah. or crash ADA? Well, I, I think we're going to continue to see a rally up until the 12th. And then I think... Yeah, okay, I agree with when, that. When, crash. You know, what would what would be a, a true definition of crash? Because in my brain, you know, what I'm kind of covering go on down, is 30%. I, I think we're going to see a price rally right before and then fall right after. Right. What percentage at this point, I do not know, but I do not think I would classify what's going to happen as a crash. Sure. Yeah, right. I think what's sure. going to happen is people take a lot of profits. Uh, but there's the good news about this is it's not just cool news. Mm -hmm. It's also it's great application. Yeah, it's functionality. That That's will, why it's different. You know, Cardano has been rivaling and, and there's, you know, we don't want to we don't want to be the same. Like, we don't want to pit them against each other. But 
a lot of people do pit Ethereum and Cardano against each other. But to this point, Cardano was all hype. Ethereum was action. Cardano will now back up all that hype with action. So while we might see a price rise and then fall on the day, the real question, I don't even think, like, why worry about what's happening on the 12th? Let's worry about what's happening on the 13th, 14th, 15th, yep. what's happening in October, November, December. That's what I want to see. Yeah, agreed. And I think, and I think all of that's going to be very bullish because I think Alonzo is going to go well. I, it might not go well for the first week, but I think with a little bit of time, it'll go well. Yeah. Man, we got a lot of super chests coming. I know. Like, we got to run through keep, these. Gotta, keep up with we might not be able to answer all these and we might speed through some of them charismatic or kelly said important note with lux i'll go play around with the settings for different time frames yeah. default settings may work great on the four fr i think hour four hourly daily but not on the 15 minute okay that's a good yeah note. i don't use the 15 minute lux algo, yeah, so really he might be right um excuse me crypto wizard said hey boys i'm from australia great show could you look at the one hour chart back Crikey. in 2017 around the same time it looks very similar so I can't, but I was in the crypto market in September of 2017, and I think I know what you're talking about. There was a big drop in September of 2017 because Hurricane Irma came through. We hit $5,000. We pulled back to $3,000. I don't have that good of a memory that I can tell you that they look the same, but that market was much more uh, explosive than this current market. I have I have seen several analysts say if you were to take the chart from 2017 and drag it over oh, here yeah. and scale it to size it looks like we're doing just about the same thing yeah which is their argument for saying we are nowhere near the top of this bull which run. i would agree with yeah so yeah. um all right let's keep moving on uh, here i have a Ooh. i have a question this is a smade chat um okay. I, i'm curious what uh do you think now is a good time to buy into solana I'd have to look oh. at it. Uh, Tim, what do you think? It's up 25% and 70% oh, on the week. I mean, so here's the thing. Could you make any gains on Solana? Yeah. Well, good news. It just actually just dropped. It was well over. It was like a two. What, just, was the, what was the all-time high? It was 215? Was I the all-time high? think so, yeah. If you got in right now, could you make some profits? Absolutely. But That's if funny. you were saying, well, I want to get in at the bottom. On the one-hour chart? I would wait. On the one-hour chart, Luxalco literally just flashed a sell signal. Really? That's good. Yeah, yeah that's okay, good. Then, yeah, uh, I, I probably would, not. Yeah. It, okay, it, and then this goes back to the same question we asked for a long time because I do think Solana's here to stay. Are you in this for the long haul well, and you just want to get involved or do you want to maximize right now's timing and get the lowest possible uh, price? That changes the answer. Lowest possible price? Not yet. Yeah. I just want to get in for the long haul. Never. Medium. What about, what about the medium haul? Define medium haul. End of the year. Yeah, I don't know what that means. End of the year. Uh, I, what do you think, Tam? I, probably. Well, I don't know what medium I, haul I, means. I just said the end of the year. year. He said it. Oh. Yeah, no, I think the price will go up. So, uh, again, will you be in profit by the end of the year? Absolutely. Yeah. Would you be in as much profit if you waited maybe a little bit for a little bit more of a dip? Yeah, like you would. Yeah. Okay. I'll but wait. it depends on I'll what wait. you're thinking. I think also, guys, look on my screen really quickly. Look at this cell. Look at this um, cell signal on on Lux Algo. It literally called the top perfectly. Like yeah. that's just that's really nice. Just okay. wanted to say right. that. Right. Anyway, let's keep reading super chats. Yeah, let's do it. We, I don't. Even we know got so many to do. The crypto badger said they missed my five x stop loss by six hundred. I've been there, my friend. Six hundred dollars oh, added to my position and just waiting. I, yeah, Again, I think I talked about this. There was a Bitcoin trade that I did that I missed by fifty dollars. Oof! That was that. I felt like someone had punched me in the stomach Ouch. because well, this one. Okay, you said stop loss. My story is a little bit different. What I did is I had a buy order and they I missed my buy order by fifty dollars before seeing a. It was like in the next couple of days we saw like a twenty percent rally. So I could have yeah. Anyway, you know, I feel you, crypto badger. Yeah. Um. Gatidius Telecom, really, really coming in today. Uh, Solana, I am aiming to be in the third, the third crypto rank. That would be an 800 USD with a cap of 240 uh, Bitcoin. Do billion. you think that Solana billion Bitcoin? He said BI, so I don't know what he was doing. Uh, do you think that Solana could flip Ethereum instead? Ethereum flip Bitcoin. I don't think Solana is going to flip Ethereum. <laughs> not from what? Not, no, I, mean, I don't it think might it happen is. in a few years. But, but, but that's another argument. I've said I said that a while ago. Another reason when people are sitting here arguing, will Ethereum flip Bitcoin? Well, Ethereum shouldn't be worried about Bitcoin. They should be worried about some of these other altcoins. Oh yeah, yeah, not, definitely. Not that I think that they'll actually. Bitcoin's flip not them. worried about Ethereum. Ethereum should be worried about Cardano, though. It, it's literally like Bitcoin sitting at the top. 
And yes, yeah, someone's vying for the spot, but it's like, you know, there's lots of people vying for Bitcoin spot and Bitcoin's just sitting there but saying, the thing all is, right, you're Bitcoin's kind of sitting there and it just doesn't really care. It's like, okay, no, it cool. Doesn't. Like, you're not going to beat me. Nope. Uh, Matt C said, roll profits from smaller projects into the greatest hedge yep. of all Bitcoin to hold for the long term. Yep. And again, Matt C said this Good publicly, call. so I don't have a problem saying this. You know, Matt C is, he's up there in age, you know? Yep. Uh, and he is saying, listen, I'm still mm-hmm. thinking Bitcoin for this future. Yep. You know? Um, yep. John Atkinson said there was a single $44 million Bitcoin trade. Probably cleared the order books plenty enough to trigger a long squeeze. Oh, yeah. I would think. You guys, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, Lovelux Algo and CT2A. I was looking at Lovelux Algo and CT2A. They're both great. You should check them in the link and the description. Uh, I was looking at uh, Whale Watcher. I I forget what it's called over on Twitter. It's uh, Whale whatever. But somebody's talking to the whales over there. and there were some massive, massive, massive sell orders that happened and massive movements. And also, I think Tether printed, like, demented, like, $2 billion worth of Tether. So there was a lot going on on Tuesday. So, yeah. Also, I just want to say, by the way, guys, looking at you know, this is a quick market cap, uh, market watch. Uh, when I woke up this morning, I remember looking at Ethereum at 3500 and looking at Cardano sitting at 260 But Bitcoin's still sitting at, like, below, like, right at 46000 Just so you guys know, this is something I called, we called and talked about earlier. What would Bitcoin flip it? Right now, we are watching Bitcoin take the lead in growth and catch back up uh, over Ethereum and Cardano. So that's something, just so you guys know, keep an eye on that over the next couple of days. Will yep. Bitcoin actually start to lead that pack? Let's keep Absolutely. on going with Super Chats because I know we're running By the way, time. guys, if you're enjoying today's stream, smash that like button and subscribe to the fastest growing analysis channel here on YouTube. It's our mission to bring you guys the highest quality educational and informational content every single day. And you should subscribe because we try and bring you a holistic point of view on the market with humility and yeah. integrity. And we take it very seriously. So check out that subscribe button. Kenneth Gardner said, I am 42 and I have been a long-term port. I have, I have a long-term port, sorry, portfolio. portfolio. And short-term portfolio, I feel this is the best for me to make a lot yeah. now and for later. Great, yeah, that, great well, I yep. talk, I've said for the last four years, have an investment portfolio, have a trading portfolio. Yeah. That's basically what he's saying. A little yep. bit different, but basically. Uh, Ivan Cortez says, what if you die before those long 30-plus years? I feel like you might never enjoy profit thinking always in the future wanting to have more. What's your thought on that, Jeb? There was a story of this lady who was a... Uh, she invested everything she had and she ended up turning about 90 and she died and she had a 10 million dollar portfolio and she lived on like 30 grand a year and people wondered well, what the heck why did you do that why didn't you enjoy yourself a little bit and there's very much an argument to be made there but also you have to realize that woman lived her entire life with with security or at least the majority of her life with security sure she might not have enjoyed the fruits of buying material things but she did enjoy the fruit of knowing that if something happened she had something she could fall back on so that is one of the big reasons but the other thing is there's nothing wrong with with having smaller cap portfolios with um, smaller cap altcoins. And there's nothing wrong with investing in yourself. I'm 21. I bought nearly a brand new Toyota Camry. You shouldn't do that at 21. That's like stupid. You know, I paid $30,000 for a car. I should have kept that and put that in safe. Look, the point is you need to invest in yourself a little bit. It's a good idea to treat yourself and reward yourself because as a great entrepreneur, I know one said, there is a big argument to be made that you should uh, that, that, that you shouldn't treat yourself too early, but some people also wait too long to treat themselves, and they never yes. end up doing it. And that is a there is a lot of wisdom in that. And I've learned that the hard way because I've waited very very long to treat myself in certain areas, and sometimes you can lose motivation for that. So I completely agree with you. Treat yourself, but don't discount the importance of long term thinking. Yeah, and the other thing is is do not also discount what you can do to impact other people. Yeah, I, I'm a big kind of what Jeff just said. I'm a big fan of making sure that you I I know people let me start I know people that do nothing but save up money for their retirement so they don't really have any fun in their youth whatsoever they don't really explore or do anything but then they get retired and they're like oh now I can go see the world and stuff but uh, there's a lot of things that they're a little bit too old to do at that point yeah so big proponent of enjoy life while you're here but also think about not just your future but others future you know Mm -hmm. when you're gone what is going to be left for your family when you're gone what's going to build on future generations when you're gone you know there was that speech that was done at Alabama uh, the football team had his uh, gosh what's his name the guy from NBA talk you guys know if you guys know and tell you in chat and anyway, he went and talked to them and he, he literally talked about how the best and the greatest minds at what they do are constantly thinking how can I make someone else's life better yes and that's what we do here every single day it doesn't mean don't treat yourself at all it does not mean live in a cardboard box so that other people can live in mansions but it does mean hey what can I do in my life to benefit other people so that's one of my even my thoughts if I die tomorrow if I die the next day you know or you know, a couple years from now 
What am I leaving my wife? What am I leaving my future, you know, my future kin? Like, what are they going to have that I can build for them? It's a legacy. We have a couple more Super Chats, uh, but I know we want to close this stream out. Are we going to let's go until 1040 or we we finish Super Chats? Jessica Garcia. We only have a couple more. Jessica Garcia said, morning, guys. Do you think Ethereum is always going to be the queen to Bitcoin? Or do you think another project, Solana, ADA, et cetera, could take ETH's place? At the moment, no. Yeah, That is potentially going to happen in the future. But at the moment, no, I don't think so. Someone told me it was Ernie Johnson. Thank you so much. Ernie Johnson was the one who gave that speech to Alabama, by the Mm. way. Um, Moving forward, Charismatic or Kelly said, my portfolio is 30% Bitcoin, 30% ETH, 25% Cardano, 15% smaller caps. There you go. uh, like that's Matic, great. 8x. Good, yeah. good for you, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, Joe, uh, I think it's Joe Haldi Quadra. Do you think Solana is overextended? Do I think Solana is overextended? Uh, uh, it's hard to, right now. Yeah, probably. To be honest with you, Solana's had a gigantic run up and has not had a correction when the rest of the crypto market has. So yeah, I kind of do. To I mean, be honest with you. So one of the one of the things you can look at right now to tell if it's overextended, go to the daily chart. Look at Bollinger Bands. Look at the RSI. The RSI is it's at overextended. What's the RSI? The RSI. Yeah, is the RSI yeah. There's a lot of metrics saying it's overextended. Yeah, I would be very careful about buying Solana which, right now. Which doesn't mean it's going to crash in the next couple of minutes or days or no. week. It just means hey, this is the this is a part of the top. This is not the best buying opportunity. Yep. Statistically right. speaking. Unless I miss something, That's I it. see one more super chat. Let's do it. Nope, two more. My bad. I did miss something. Let's do it. You know. Um, oh man. Ali Kuhn said I regularly downvote and and report the scammer spamming and polluting the comments. Thank section. you. Does it work? There's automated paid solutions for it also. Yeah, we need to look into something like oh, yeah. that. It's it's a giant pain in the butt. And is, to yep. anyone watching this who does that, you are a scumbag and you ought to get a life. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, last one I see. The, we, to be fair, though, you might be a scumbag, but we still love you. Yes. Praying for you. Yes. Just don't do things that are that disruptive to yes. the world. You know? Yes. Thank you. Tam. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Tam. I, I appreciate you correcting me on that because you're right. The Crypto Badger said, My one apologies. thing I think is wrong with the young generation today is that they don't seem to want to plan for the future. It's like they think they aren't going to live life long as uh, wait, aren't going to live a long life as life expectancy is going up. So Absolutely. I think what he's just saying is, yeah, hey, like, you know, there's a lot of young people like, you know, j- to be fair, like I said, if you are sitting older, you know, if you're sitting 50, 60, you know, even 70, I understand the thinking of, man, like, there's not that much left that I have. I'm not thinking the next 50 years. But when you're 20 years old, like that balance of, OK, yes, get through life when I'm doing right now, but plan for the future and not just my future, but others as well. Uh, so Crypto Badger agree with you. The good yep. news is. I honestly actually believe that this this coming generation, as many faults as there is, I do believe that there's going to be a shift in thinking. I think that I there agree. will be. I think we're actually going to be moving back towards, especially with the adoption of crypto, I think crypto the adoption of Bitcoin. It. Bitcoin's economics teach people to be responsible with money and yep. make good decisions. Why are we Why are we so irresponsible right now? There's lots of reasons, but one of them is because we have such a weak dollar that incentivizes yep. borrowing and spending immediately rather yep. than saving for the long term. Absolutely. Bitcoin is going to change that that thought, that thinking, that mm-hmm. economic uh, strategy. So, yep. all right. I think. I mean, that's it from what I see. Well, guys, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure to smash that like button. I know that we can get 1,500 likes here in the next couple of minutes. And make sure to subscribe to the channel because we're trying to bring you the highest quality educational and informational and entertaining content that we possibly can. And also, make sure to sign up for the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. If I show you really quickly, we have 45 videos and over 14 hours of high quality educational information here that's going to teach you everything you need to know about charting, indicators, oscillators, technical technical analysis, all of that, so that you can jumpstart your career here in reading charts and trading technical indica- uh, trading uh, technical markets like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, you should definitely c- encourage uh, others and definitely yourself invest in your education because the, in, education is the best investment that you will ever make in your entire life. Whether you do it with us or through someone else, through reading books, invest in yourself. You're going to be glad you did. Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you today. Make sure to follow us on our socials at CryptoJeb over on Instagram and Twitter. But like I said, that's all I got for you. Before I go, though, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always and i will see you guys in the next video peace